Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. Great show lined up for you. Why are you playing with your phone? It's not my phone. It's my wife's phone. Uh, and I've okay. got to upgrade her. But the SIM card won't fit. Yeah. Because it's a newer phone. So what am I going to do, Jeff? Well, it's a good thing that we've got an unboxing with a product that's going to help you be able to change your mm -hmm. SIM on the fly at home without having to go to your cell phone provider. Will I lose my phone number? Well, hopefully if you do it right, you won't. Cool. Look at that. Let's uh, hope well, I do it right. As well, you had a poll this week. On yeah. Uh, we were finding out whether Alexa is creepy or, <laughs> or kind of clever. Cool. Kind of yeah. clever. And as well, uh, again, with the GIMP tutorials, we've got another one that's going to help you do some white balance when there's absolutely no white within your picture. That's impossible, Jeff. It's not impossible. What? It's very probable. <laughs> we're going to find out how. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream, Wirecast, and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everybody. So great to see you. Thank you for being back with us again this week. Uh, I ran a poll on Twitter this week, and the question that I asked had to do with Amazon's Echo device, which is what I'll call it. I'm not going to call it by name because I don't want to set off yours. Here was my tweet with that little edit. Last night, my wife and I had some fun asking Amazon Echo about the fiber content of various foods. Huh. Today, on Amazon, I'm looking at single-board computer cases, and there's an ad mixed in for a cereal called Fiber One. Creepy or clever? Did any Sasha? Did anybody say clever? What's your thought? Well, it depends on how I'm thinking. I think it's clever of so them, it, but it's really creepy. It stems from, I mean, you're a vegetarian, so <laughs> yes. you understand that you need to kind of watch, you know, where you're getting your fiber, where you're getting exactly. your protein and yeah. things like that. So we had this kind of fun conversation with Amazon Echo right. saying, you know, how much fiber is in broccoli broccoli and potatoes and all these various right. foods, right? So right. then the next day, it, like in, in amongst... Cases, like computer cases. Right. For my Raspberry Pis and my Pine 64s and my Odroids. Right. There's an ad for Fiber One cereal. Cre right. Creepy or cool? <sighs> well, so You said creepy or clever, not cool. Creepy or clever, okay. creepy or cool. I think it's clever. I think it's a creepy sort of clever, but it's okay. clever. Like, I think that it's too obvious to be subtle. Like, it's not subtle. Yeah. Right? It's like we were Becca, listening to Becca, my wife, you. said... Maybe this it's just a fluke. Not oh, a fluke. come on now. No, it's too obvious. <laughs> nah, it's like, nah. yeah. It's targeted advertising. Sure. It totally makes sense. It's, it's clever. I mean, you are doing a, a search through your assistive device. Sure. That is recording that information, providing the information. It's recording. Hear this? He's making it sound ominous. Well, but it is. It's taking right. what you're saying. It's using it to create a web search. Learning from my use. Yeah. 
And then from there, it's creating this log of what you've searched up. It's no different than if you Googled it. Sure. Uh, it's Fair just enough. It's Fair doing enough. it without right. a keyboard. So then the next day you go on and, hey, you get a targeted ad. It's no different than looking yeah. for something on Amazon. Suddenly you're seeing products pop up in web ads on other pages. It, it's totally fine. Dave, in our audience, creepy or clever? Is it creepy or clever? Amazon. You think it's he clever? He thinks it's clever. Dave, everybody here it's in totally the studio clever. thinks this is pretty clever. In our chat, so you see over there on Discord, on our Titan Pie, that Noman5 says, Howdy, y'all. Creepy. It's not creepy. It's advertising. It's obvious. Why would you think it was creepy? That's the thing. What's creepy is when you talk, have a conversation with somebody, suddenly that pops up as an ad on Facebook. That's How creepy. It, no, 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 no. That did not it. happen, right. to be clear. I know. This, this is was a conversation not with a person. This was this not was me and my wife conversing with one another. This was me and my wife conversing with Amazon Echo. A computer. A supercomputer. A computer that logs your search history. At the end of yes. the day, that any, is linked to Amazon. any search you make, whether spoken or typed, it is a search history. It's going to be in your database. So it's totally clever. It's, it's great. So I have Spotify. Yes. And I have Spotify Premium. And Spotify Premium has so this you thing understand. where they're sending... Well, they're sending me... It learns. Right. And they're sending me... Um, what is the Google one? <laughs> What is it? A Google Home Mini? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what is the Google one? If what she was a Google? robot, she would know that answer. She goes, which is the Google one? And I just <laughs> somehow <gonna> know. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know that doohickey? Oh, you mean? Right. Oh, okay. yes, yes. Somehow so Spotify Robbie's just... is gifting us one of these. Oh, fantastic. Dave, right? congrats. What? This is great. Yeah. Nobody gifts me anything. Yeah, so oh, I think now. because they want to know more of what I'm thinking, they don't realize I'm going to turn it off except when I need it to listen to me. That's what I said, too. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon's Echo has a mute button, but I find, like, I don't keep it in the bedroom. I don't put it in the bathroom. It's in right. a, a communal area of the house where we can ask it for recipe ideas and how long does it take to cook a turkey and all those kinds of things and how much fiber is in my potato. Single board computer. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently. Zucchini. But everybody here says it's clever. I think it's pretty clever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it, you mentioned Spotify, so I, that makes me mm -hmm. think about Netflix and how when I'm watching Netflix, it learns from my viewership exactly. what yeah. kind of stuff I like. So now, when it makes recommendations, what does it say? It doesn't say, you know, so many people, 96% of people said this was no. a good show. No. It says this is a 96% match. So now all of a sudden... Netflix is telling me, you'll probably like this show. That's how we pick our shows. I'm like, it's 98%. Yeah. Like, for sure we'll like it. I trust Netflix. I trust that they know what I'll like. Well, and I will watch it. And it probably has skewed my judgment. And that's the world we live in. Yes. I have found Netflix has not been great with me. That's because your kids have access to your account. Bingo. <laughs> that is exactly I experienced the that. Issue. And I gave them their own accounts. Right? <laughs> it was like, why is this popping up? Oh, right. The kids have been on here. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, so I still have to teach Netflix. Netflix, Spotify, Amazon, Google, creepy or clever. It's, you know, it's marketing. I know that I have typically been like the naysayer and the conspiracy theory guy. Yes, absolutely. This, this is, is him. But this he is just, just basic Jeff. advertising. Right. That's all, like taking the fact that you're using the yeah. device out of it. It's nothing more than logging and advertising. It's, sure. It's that's all it is. Yeah. If if it w weren't so obvious, it would be creepy. But because it's so obvious, it's clever. What would be creepy 
is if you weren't using the device. And then, like, if you were just having a conversation about fiber content in food, but you didn't ask the device, and then the next day it popped up, then I would go, vindication! But that didn't happen. That's not what happened. That did not happen. So to be clear, (laughs) this was a discussion with Amazon Echo. Right. And she, it, whatever you want to call it, was very helpful. Sure. Very informative. What had the most fiber? I, I can't remember. <laughs> I'll just ask it again. My kids say, you trust Amazon Echo more than you trust me. My daughter says, I told you the answer to that, and yet you're asking Amazon Echo. Well, she probably asked Amazon Echo three minutes before no, you did. No, she's genius. <laughs> yeah, My kids yeah, are geniuses. Really smart. <laughs> they just know the answer, but then I'm like, let me test that. <laughs> Not that I doubt you, child, but I just need to check the internet through well, a vocal search (laughs) so that's like gps Uh, like i use Waze all the time and i'm trying to prove Waze wrong and i just can't do it can't do it no i don't Mm. use Waze. i use google maps oh Waze starts with google maps as a base and then adds more user input so it's better Mm. the foo says it's clever if you expect it jeff creepy otherwise for example if you are pregnant and you don't actually know it, but then you start getting ads for pregnancy. You know what? That's an algorithm. No, okay, so they did that with me. No. So, no. So, (laughs) I recently got married. I recently got married. I changed statuses Oh, so they start showing you diaper ads? And they start, it's like an algorithm. algorithm. They know my age. They know my marital status. Amazon is like, what's next? At this point, (laughs) like... Like, come on, Sasha, it's been a while. Why aren't you pregnant? I don't know. Like, they send you sure. ads. So, like, for a while, I was getting some maternity stuff, and I was like, this is kind of weird. Or and then all of a sudden, it changed Dave to Fiber One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or is it because Dave was searching for baby stuff? And it's funny you should say that, because, like, that aside... <laughs> he's in the studio. He's like, <laughs> he's giggling. What, what, what is, is up happening? with you? <laughs> that aside, I had a friend who said, I'm on the internet. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I'm getting all these ads for tattoos. Okay. And I said, okay, hold on. Back up for just a second. Let's understand what's happening here. W- who's your internet service provider? And she says, oh, well, I get my internet from the folks upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> right? There you go. So it turns out the guy upstairs was looking for a new tat and was searching for it. And because they're on the same IP address, of course, her ads start becoming... Let's hope she wasn't, like, I don't know, searching anything that she didn't want ads for upstairs. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you want to keep it private. It would cause her to think about that, though. Knowing right. that what she searches could show Once up there. Start well, I wonder that. It's listening my, to the IP address. Right. In, sure. my, in my course, I'm learning about some very interesting disorders and diseases, which I search yeah. so that I can do, you know, presentations oh, and projects and such. Like, I'm pretty sure that Google thinks that I'm dying a thousand deaths of a thousand different things. I said like, to my wife, who is an <laughs> author, by the way. Are you sure you want to Google when you're writing this murder mystery? <laughs> How do you murder? <laughs> How do you make How it look you? like an accident? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that's dangerous stuff, folks. All of a sudden, uh, you know, the FBI's at your door or something like that. So creepy or clever, 100% of people here in the studio say it's clever. 100% of those polled on my Twitter at Robbie Ferguson said, that is creepy. 
Really? Yeah. Huh. Such polarizing yeah. results. <laughs> polarizing poll there. And so if you visit our Facebook channel, you see that uh, my son says, why are you whispering? And I said, well, because I'm afraid the NSA are listening. <laughs> and he laughed and I laughed and Amazon Echo laughed. <laughs> and with that... We'll be right back, everybody. We've got a great show planned for you. We've got a lot to do. We are going to be converting a, uh, a micro sim into a nano sim for about the same price as just buying a new sim. And then you've got to go through all the hoops. But we're going to save you those hoops. And also, uh, we are going to be looking at how to correct the colorization, the white balance on a photo that has no... No white. How do you do it? We'll find out. We sure will. Stick around. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Welcome back, everybody. It is Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 608. I'm Robbie. I'm Sasha. And I'm Jeff. Nice to have you here. And today, we are looking at the GNU Image Manipulation Program. Now, we've looked at this in the mm -hmm. past, and Sasha, you mentioned, hey, this is like when we looked at white balance and fixing right. the, there was, the colors. Exactly. There was like a series of like pictures of bathrooms and bedrooms, yeah. and we had white, and we selected the white, and then we, yeah, so now we're not having white well white right? ba white balance is a fantastic tool for right. photographers and for you editors you have to have something white in the shot yeah and i've suggested that what i will do is i'll actually take like a, an eight and a half by 11 piece of white paper which i know is as close to white as i'm going to get mm -hmm. and i'll put it kind of off to the corner of the shot as i'm taking the picture if i know that there's there's nothing in this photo that's going to be white right or i'll just make sure that there is something that's going to be white but what happens if you're in a place that doesn't have any white what is happens? there such a place there's got to be. Name one. The forest? The deep, dark depths of the forest. And the yeah? deep sea. I guess, Maybe, like, if it's a little bit Maybe dark. Maybe like there's an internal picture on, say, a car or something that's got, like, a black and gray interior. Yeah. Right. You know, and you like know that. what's going to happen there? And we learned this the last time we looked at white balances. What happens there, Jeff, is that your camera is going to interpret the bright light coming in from the window as white yes. because it has no white to interpret so it's going to say well this is as close to white as i can get that's my white balance and then everything is off yeah the colorization is off and if you're not aware of that tutorial that we taught how to then correct that mm -hmm. make sure you click on the links which i'll post below if you're watching this on any of our online platforms if you're watching this on cable tv or another platform where you just don't have access to those links please visit our website category5.tv and do a quick search for GIMP 
which is short for the GNU Image Manipulation Program, and that's going to help you to find those tutorials. And there are loads of them. Right. We've done a lot. Um, so today we're going to look at, hey, what happens if, yeah, uh, great suggestions in the chat room. Maybe you two can keep track of what's going on in the chat room. Sure. Nomen 5 makes a couple of good ones. Oh, yeah. Caves and tunnels. Caves and tunnels. They don't have white. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. If you're driving through a tunnel and you happen to snap a picture, where's your white balance coming You've from? You've got nothing. Taking pictures at night. Taking pictures at night? What, where's With your Fireworks, white? stars, the moon, that yeah. kind of stuff. The moon the is moon white. The moon is white. As Not white as can be. Not if you get a blood moon. Oh, then it's what happens then? Then your blood moon just looks white. Right. <laughs> and it's just it's a moon. It's not a blood moon. It's just like, moon. I, pr- I swear to you, this was a blood moon when I took it. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens when you don't have anything to white balance off of? What so, does happen, Robbie? Well, let's actually get into it, Sasha. <laughs> Thank you for that little lead-in. The segues <laughs> here are so just... so cheesy. Oh, it's... My goodness. No, cheesy. Come on, Jeff. Wow. That was a pro. <laughs> uh, I'm going to head over to Pexels.com. I love Pexels.com because it's like a... It's a free service that allows you to grab stock photos for how much, Sasha? How much monies are we going to spend today? No monies today. No monies today. Just throwing stock photos at you. <laughs> Absolutely free. I mean, if you've got a blog or anything at all, jump onto Pexels.com. This is a free service for you to be able to grab some stuff. I'm going to do a quick search for warehouse. And I'm doing this because I know a warehouse is probably a place where there's not necessarily going to be a lot of white. Some of these shots, yeah. Like, here's a good example, Jeff, of that dark shot where the window has been interpreted as white. Right. But it's very undersaturated. It's very black and white. So, you know, ah, yeah, I could adapt that and, and touch it up. But you see what I mean? Those windows are what it's thinking is white. Yeah. Right? Um, now, this shot, I mean, yeah, obviously... There's, there's no white there. Yeah, there's a lot of white. <laughs> so the camera is saying, everything's white, let's make it white. Let's make it look like a hospital room. Um, so that's not a good example either. But some... Like, you feel like? I feel like we should probably look up, like, a tunnel or a cave. Ooh, what about the one in the yeah. bottom corner? There's, like, oh. no light there. Well, that's no light. But what we're looking for specifically is, like, that white. room that is missing... White. That one's blue. That one is an example that really clearly shows, hey, the camera has said the light coming in from the outside is white, and so let's color balance to that. The lights, the fluorescent tube lights are white. That's what the camera's telling us. would be gray in reality. Yeah. And we know that fluorescent tube lights, unless they're like 6,000K... They're yellow. They're going to be yellow. They're going to be 3,200K in a warehouse like that. So, And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about the color balance of those lights. So we know that the colorization of that particular photo, this particular warehouse photo, is completely off. Right. It's got a lot of blue. What say we free download that stuff and start playing around? I'm going to bring that up. Okay, there we go. I'm going to bring this up into the GNU Image Manipulation Program, which is a free program. You can get at GIMP.org. And convert that to my screen's color palette, and there we go. So we've got loads and loads of blue. So where are we going to start? I mean, we don't have any white to sample. So we learned the last time that if we right-click and we go Colors, Levels, 
and we choose white balance, and then we select something that should be white. Well, what's supposed to be white in this photo? I don't know. You're like, is the pillar white? No, I doubt it. And see what the camera has done is it said that that window is white or the light is white. It's very inaccurate. And so that demonstrates for us what you and I were describing, which is if the white balance is off and right. it can't detect the white balance, there is no white, it's going to skew the photo towards some other spectrum, be right. it blue or yellow or magenta. And so that's what you end up with is this photo that gets uploaded to to Pexels that is so blue, it's obviously wrong. Yeah, it's a funny blue factory. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we looked at levels, and that's the first starting point that we're going to look at this week as well. We're not going to touch any of the levels themselves. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to actually adapt for not the white balance because we don't have white, but you right. said it at the top of this. What color should this photo be? It should be gray. Gray. Yes. He nailed it. You nailed it. Nicely so smart. Hopefully yeah. I didn't hurt your arm. So, uh, well, I'm being careful, okay. and that wasn't a hard hit. All right. So we mentioned, Sasha, that we've got black, we've got gray, and we've got white. Right. So which one are we going to choose? Jeff, any guesses? You weren't here, but any guesses? Uh, gray? Yes. <laughs> so we're actually go we're not going to go with white balance because we don't have any white to balance based on. But we can correct what the camera thinks was white by saying, let's pick a gray point within this photo. So I'm clicking on gray. And now let's say the floor. Are yeah, you ready for, for this? Sure. Three. Okay, let's do this. Two. One. Click. Nothing. Nothing. Click again. Yeah, I know. Amazing. This is how we do things around here. <laughs> Three, two, one. Click. Yes. Okay. That looks legit. That's Wait a awesome. minute. What? Wow. Could it be that easy? Uh, yeah, it can. Uh, yeah, it can, yeah. she says. So just like when we were doing white wow. balance, what am I going to do? I'm just going to kind of move around the photo until that's got too much green. Mm -hmm. That's got too much green. That's oh, pretty that's good. Nice. Looking good. So I'm going to say, okay, I'm happy there. Yeah. That's my happy wow. place. Why didn't okay. they just do that before they put that picture? <laughs> yeah, well, then, see, so we can correct that. They put it up for us, Sasha. Mm. But you want to correct this before you use the photo. And this is just a great example of a photo that came off the camera and got uploaded. And that's what you're going to encounter as you're taking mm. photos. You're going to encounter things where it's like, I don't remember it being so blue. But that's what the camera shows me. That's the photo. So these are not raw photos. These are JPEGs. And this gives us an opportunity to correct that. You know what's funny about that photo? What is it? Uh, we were looking at it going, oh, what would be white in there? I don't think there's anything in there. Mm -hmm. I had no clue those stupid pylons were in there because it was so blue. You didn't even right. see. I didn't even see them. Now the it's, orange going, pylons. Oh, that should have been white. <laughs> like yeah. Little strips. There they are. Look at that. Wow. And they just kind of pop out now. Yeah. But I still see a couple of things. Now, I'm zoomed in a little bit here, but I see for example those air ducts at the top have a they've slight got, blue they've got like a blue kind of greeny hue so let's take it to the next level i'm going to right click so now we're stepping away from that one tool the levels tool that we've been using yep. to get our balance now we're going to step into colorization so this is where we can really tweak things so we want to pull that down a little bit so the next step is i'm going to adjust what's called the color balance so just up here in colors color balance i'm going to grab my shadows 
See this? So I've got mm -hmm. shadows, midtones, and highlights. First of all, let's start with shadows. And I've got blue, yellow. So this is the spectrum. So if I pull toward blue, it's going to go really blue. If I pull toward yellow, it's going to go really yellow. Oh, but if that I looks right. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> but if I find that happy medium where I've pulled out just enough blue, but I haven't fallen toward the yellow spectrum... I can just kind of get it in there. It's going to be, it's not going to be much of an adjustment, 6.4 on the negative. <clears throat> and I need to be clear that the numbers that we're approaching here, the numbers that we're hitting are specific to this photo. It's going to be different for yours. Right. What we're learning here is not the end-all be-all solution to every photo issue. Right. We're learning technique. Right. The tool that you can use for your particular photo. Yeah. And it may differ. Now, when you're adjusting this, I yes. feel like you were looking at the main photo. I really am, Jeff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like the reason you wanted to adjust is because the ductwork color was off. So mm, would it good not point. Have, good point. Would it not have made sense to focus in on the ductwork to get the color on that right to adjust everything else? I want to be careful that I'm not affecting the entire photo in such a way that it turns yellow because I've pulled enough blue right, out of the okay. ductwork. Mm. So I want to I want to find that happy balance. Okay. Right, okay. So. So let's, let's take a look at that. Let's bring out, see what happens if, if I go too far in the spectrum? Yeah. That okay. ductwork, if we, if we concentrate on that, is turning to like a yellowy green. Yes. So even going down a little bit in the photo, so making the photo lose some of that blue tinge, is not really affecting the blue in the ductwork. Correct. So the next step, Jeff, is I'm going to jump into mid-tones, and I'm going to do exactly the same thing. And I'm going to pull down a little bit. Now, that's fallen again too far toward yellow. So yes. I'm just going to be very, very careful that I'm a little more subtle with that. There we go. Okay, now, highlights. That's where things start to get exciting. Pull that down a little bit. You want to kind of, you want to look at that ductwork, but at the same time, I'm looking at the whole photo. I don't want to pull too much blue out. Look at that. That almost looks like you this knew, is knew what it looked like originally. That is that's looking pretty good. Yeah. Now, one final thing. <clears throat> As you mentioned, there is still too much blue in the top here. Mm -hmm. Now, right? could that be because maybe there was like a studio light or something that they were using to illuminate things? No, or? I think it, it all stems from the fact that we've got 32, 3500 Kelvin lighting. Right. So okay, we've enough. got fluorescent tube lighting that is toward what spectrum? You said it. Yellow. I did? Yellow? Yellow, yellow, right? We all know that fluorescent <laughs> tube lighting falls toward the green-yellow end of the spectrum. Right. So you remember when we're looking at saturations and everything, what does the slider say? We've got blue on one side and what color on the other? Yellow. Yellow. So if the camera has compensated for the amount of yellow in the lighting by pushing toward the blue spectrum, what do we end up with? A really blue photo. Exactly. So in order to compensate for that, we need to pull back on that blue to bring it back into the actual reality of the spectrum, which is yellow. Right. Right. So let's, uh, let's look at what our final step here is going to be. And again, this is a tutorial that you can do in a matter of moments. Like we're showing you this and it's very, very quick in order to correct this photo. And so I'm going to right click and I'm going to go colors. And this time I'm going to go hue saturation and watch what happens here as I select blue the B channel, and start bringing down the saturation, okay? I'm going to bring that right down, and the saturation really starts to look, it's getting there, mm -hmm. okay? Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stop there. Now, I've brought that all the way down because the blue is pretty heavy, 
and bringing it down doesn't seem to make a whole lot of difference. So, so that means I need to actually pull toward the cyan end of the spectrum. So I'm going to actually click on cyan as well and now pull the saturation down on that slowly and watch what happens okay. and see what starts to happen oh. now. See that duct work up at the top? Yeah, that's more It great. starts to turn. It's kind of like a silver. I want to pull a little bit of yellow out of that photo as well. So I collect yellow on the spectrum. I'm going to desaturate a little bit just to pull out. What am I doing? I'm not pulling the yellow out of the photo. I'm bringing back the amount of yellow in the lighting right. without right. pulling toward the blue end of the spectrum. So now, as clean as that is, I've got this photo. Look at this, folks. Look at the ductwork. That looks good. That looks silver. We've got natural yellow coming in from those windows. Not white. It's not white. Right. It's a natural sunlight. It's like a yellowy-hued light. Right. Is it possible to uh, paste the original f just slightly beside it so you can see the stark difference now? Sure. Yeah. What I can do here, Jeff, I'm going to, you guys want to see that? Mm -hmm. I think Jeff wants to show you this. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to save this as, and I'm going to call this uh, an XCF file. And then I'm going to open the original file. You guys are going to be mind blown as soon as I open this. Ready? Okay. That was, that was our starting point, folks. Do you remember that? I'm going to paste that in on top. So that was our starting point with a photo that was not a raw image. This was a JPEG image. So this is a compressed image. I'm going to, so now that's what it looked like. I'm going to bring down the opacity of that. Ready? Here we go. We're going to fade into our edited version. That's amazing. And there that we go. Great. So we have corrected not only the, the white balance, but we've actually corrected, like, look at how natural that sunlight looks coming in there. Yeah, it's it got that good. beautiful natural look. Jump back to the original photo. What do we see? And you may not have seen it right off the, off the bat. You may have thought that that was a natural looking photo until you suddenly see our edited version, which only takes a few moments to, to do that. And then we find out that they actually painted the thing blue. <laughs> it was actually, oh no, it was actually a blue warehouse. Yeah. There were blue lights. Who knew? Uh, but the fact is, is if you take that little extra moment right. with each of your photos, so you're going to be printing photos, you're going to be posting them on your blog, you're going to be posting them on Facebook or on Twitter or wherever you post your photos for family and friends. If you just take that extra couple of moments to just color correct it, tweak it a little bit, you're going to find that you're going to end up with way better results. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So I hope you've enjoyed that tutorial. We're going to be right back. When we come back, I'm going to be showing you how to convert a micro SIM into a nano SIM, making your old phone card work in a new phone. Stick around. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching.
Welcome back, everybody. Um, Jeff, Sasha, yes. have you ever upgraded your phone? Yes. And what happens when you do that? Is uh, it an onerous process in order to get your phone service transitioned over? Generally, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you I, go through? I don't like upgrading my phone simply for that purpose. There's nothing mm. I hate more than having to redo everything. Yeah. What if you have to change your phone number because you got a new SIM? Have oh, you ever had that happen? Done that, yes. Yeah. Annoying. Frustrating as mm-hmm. anything. Now, way back, I mean way back, on Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 385. That was way back. Yeah, I took a SIM mm-hmm. and I used a template in order to, for free, modify that SIM into a micro SIM and install it in this phone for my wife. Cool. Okay. That was cool. Now time has gone on and the screen starts to feel really tiny on this little Samsung Galaxy LTE. Yeah. And you realize, okay, now it's time to upgrade. Let's get on to something a little nicer, like a, you know, I got a BlackBerry Priv kicking around. So let's stick the SIM card in that. It's a micro SIM now because I converted it manually. Okay. But the BlackBerry Priv or any modern phone is going to be a what? Nano SIM. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we're talking, taking it from this to this, which was easy to do manually, but then we're taking it down to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can't exacto knife that. You might be able to, but there's a little bit of a risk involved. So the, the fact is you can transition your plan over to a new SIM. Mm -hmm. You can contact the phone provider. You can actually port your number over to a new SIM and and you can go through that process and and it'll be, it'll be fine. Cost you 10 bucks for the new SIM. Yep. Cost you what? Half hour to an hour on the phone to actually get them to to do that for you or in the store. If you happen to deal with a store now we use pay as you go. So it's not a store. It's like a, a virtual like it's phone based and you buy your card minutes at a gas station kind of thing, <laughs> but it's a great deal. So, you know, what do you go through? So $10 plus the time plus possibly like, Hey, maybe it won't work or whatever else. What if we could take this now? So we've got the micro SIM, let's turn it into a nano SIM, but how can we do that? Because as you say, it's a little bit harder to do that manually with an exacto knife because mm-hmm. you're now getting really, really close mm-hmm. to the SIM chip. And if you get a little bit off, you might actually damage it. We want to be careful. Right. So I'm like, gonna, I feel like we should be saying, don't try this at home. <laughs> do try this at home. If you head over to cat5.tv slash sim, and I'm going to jump over here. If you guys want to transition me over to this camera, I'm going to show okay. you what I've come up with. So at cat5.tv slash sim, we've got a micro sim cutter. So this is all that we need. Now, okay, I said... 10 bucks is all it's going to take in order to, uh, in order to do, like, buy a new SIM, right? And then you've got to go through the onerous process of adapting your account and porting your number and all that stuff. Well, this is the same price, give or take a buck or two, and you don't need to do that because we're going to use the same SIM. I'm getting it in the box here. We've got a cutter here. We've got uh, what looks like some adapters. Okay. We've got a SIM ejection tool. And that is all that's in the box. So let's get in here. So for the same price, I'm going to be able to take that SIM, that micro SIM at this point. I've converted it already. There we go. I've got another tool and another batch of uh, adapters. So, so if I go too small, I can then up, up convert it to something bigger. Cool. All right. So this is all it is, folks. 
cat5.tv slash sim. And what, it, what this does, and now this is, you got to watch when you're buying these things because some of them will just do a particular type of SIM card. But what this actually does is it converts a SIM to a micro SIM or a micro SIM to a nano SIM. And it will actually punch those out just like a hole punch. Huh. All right. That's the theory. Is it going to work? Let's actually get into the phone and let's see what's, uh, what's involved here. I want to see, like, is this actually doable, Jeff? Do you uh, think? I feel like saying it has to be, otherwise they wouldn't have marketed the product. Yeah, why would we be, do- <laughs> why would we be doing a show about this if it didn't work? Yeah, I hear you. I, ah. I feel though, that's the question like, we ask a lot of times. You have to make sure you don't put it in backwards or upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But as you know, a SIM card is not going to go in backwards or upside down. Right. So this is the SIM card, that, the, micro, uh, the, the micro SIM that I created from a SIM. Right. You see how close I already am to the circuitry? I don't want to risk it using a, an X-Acto knife. I want to use a tool that is going to actually punch this into a proper nano sim. This is cool. So this device, obviously I'm going to be able to reuse this. This is apparently going to convert this to the uh, the proper size for the phone. So let's pop it in there. You've put it in the right way, obviously. Well, obviously, Jeff. Obviously. Would I ever mess something like that up? Jeff is freaking out a little bit because you did not read the directions. All right, well, so okay, you're are there any directions? My <laughs> I feel like you just need to say, okay, see how this little notch corner? That's yeah. how you know it's in the right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I you feel just, like stupid. Just shove it in. Just shove it in. Just oh, put it in. Anxiety going on over here. There right are now. no instructions here, folks. This is a risk that I am going to take on your behalf because, hey, made in China and no instructions whatsoever. I didn't see a manual. Okay. That's all there is to it, my friends. It's like the anti-Jeff device. There's no instructions. (laughs) Okay. Well, what do we know about a micro SIM? Or a nano SIM, I should say. Wow. I mean, the chip, the chip itself is the same on all size sims. Right. Okay, that's a little bit tighter there. But it's the shape of the... Oh, this is making me nervous too now that you've said it. (laughs) All right. It has a little diagram on here. Oh, oh, that's the instructions. That is the instructions. (laughs) See how it's got got that notch? Yeah. So I see the notch. Okay. And I know which way to put it in. There are no hints as to, okay, well, obviously I can tell by looking at the size that that one is going to actually punch out, um, uh, oh, sorry, that one is going to punch out a micro SIM because it, it fits perfectly. Right. So here's a SIM to a micro SIM. Does Becca know you're doing this? Oh, I, I hope she doesn't because she's nervous right now. All, all of her contacts, all of her text messages, everything are on here. Right. This is... A smaller sim. Marriage advice. Ask for permission before you do this. I am getting sweaty. (laughs) Nano sim, micro sim, nano sim. I don't know. They all run together. There we go. Maybe, yeah, cut it it as the micro first and then transition it down to the nano. Uh, I I would like to point out the chat room is not having a lot of faith in you right about now. (laughs) They don't believe in me? It's not you. (laughs) It's the process. It's the process. So which one should you be going into? I want to go because into the you small. keep switching okay. between the two. 
That's what I want to see. Okay, so let's get into the phone itself. All right, we've in, they've included this, this tool to eject the SIM port. There we go. Okay. There we are. So that's oh. how tiny we need to get. Okay. Right. All right. So let's look at the SIM, the, the micro SIM, oh, okay. and see that, okay, that needs to fit in there. Just, right? So there Just is the no chip. room for error. Zero no. wheel doodle. Like okay. So that's from the phone. Now let's look at yeah. these as well. So we've got the three different adapters here that they've included. So if I were to put my, my micro SIM on that, you can see, okay, that's going to turn it into a SIM. This one here is going to turn a micro SIM or a nano SIM into a SIM. This one here is going to turn a nano SIM into a micro SIM. See, this is the thing. The chip is the same on each. It's the size of the, de- the actual card. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. So, whoo-wee. Do we try? Did you back it up? You can't back okay. it up. Come on now. <laughs> this is it. This one here with a micro SIM in here feels pretty tight. Like that feels like a good fit. And if I look at this, okay, that looks pretty good, right? Okay. Like, that's not right. Of all the shows we've done, this one is giving me extreme anxiety right now. Is this giving you anxiety? Well, you might as well cut it the smallest, right? Because you can always adapt it bigger. This one, okay, so this cutter is going to take a SIM and turn it into a nano (laughs) SIM. This one is going to take a nano sim and or a micro sim and turn it into a nano sim this one is going to take a sim and turn it into a micro sim Mm -hmm. you guys follow me sim to micro sim micro sim to nano sim sim to nano sim okay so i'm going to put my micro sim in the middle here make sure she's aligned up the way that i want make sure that it matches the diagram on this side Mm mm-hmm Okay, Sasha, why are you talking like that? Uh, you don't. This is like you don't watching a really awkward TV show. Oh I'm my just gosh. Like, <laughs> I <laughs> want to turn away. Okay, and ready? Yes. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm nervous. It's gonna pop right out. <laughs> oh, there is no coming back from that. There's no coming back from that, <laughs> folks. So, what I was saying is, for ten bucks, you can buy a new sim that you're gonna have to go through all the hoops. Same price. And I can reuse that, and I can redo this as many times as I want. Yeah, yeah but for 10 bucks, I don't have this anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. Here we go. Okay, this is going to work. Oh. Nano SIM into the phone's adapter. There we go. Oh, yeah. It, okay. Okay. Into the phone. This is better than doing it with an X-Acto knife. It's safer, I would imagine so. Yeah, speak for yourself. I'm dying over here. Are you? Okay. Get it in there. That seems like a really tight fit. It's not coming well, back. Well, it's, it's, it's got the sim in there now. hoo When we come back, we're going to see if we've got a signal. Stick around. Okay, breathe. <laughs> Welcome back. 
<laughs> I am so nervous right now. I'm going to work my way around here. <laughs> you guys can attest to the fact that all we've done is turned it on, took a commercial break, and here we are. We're back. Okay, so back all over right. to the unboxing. Back over to the unboxing camera. And ladies and gentlemen, okay. Oh, my goodness. Are we ready? Yes. Jeff, are you breathing? I, I'm trying to. So the phone's booted. The phone is booted. As you can see. Make sure there's no... Yeah, everything's good. Now. So do, do you have, like, contacts on the SIM? Oh, yeah. Look. Okay. This is good. Oh, no service, but as you saw... Yes. <clears throat> okay. So is there data on the SIM? Like, did you upload contacts and stuff to it, or...? Well, let's... Uh, Not that we want to see all your contacts on air, but... Oh, boy. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Don't say it, boy. It's stressing me out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Dial your number. My number? Yeah. Dial your smartphone number. Okay. <sighs> you guys ready? Turn your ringer on. It's on, it's on silent, but... Okay. Cellular network not available. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because it's there. Uh-oh. No, no. It's going to work for us. I'm freaking out. Why are you freaking out? Come on. <laughs> Baby, I love you. <laughs> I see that she is live right now. <laughs> Put the kids to bed, hon. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. It's hot in here. That's why we're sweating. You probably just redial, right? Can you? Okay. Okay, it says it's dialing. Yes. Dialing, and is it ringing? It's I'm getting a, I am getting a phone call. You're getting a phone call. I am getting a phone call. It worked. I'm Yay. just my marriage is saved. <laughs> I'm just gonna decline that. Oh yeah. And just like oh my goodness. That so for the same <laughs> price as buying a sim without having to go through any of the stress, right? <laughs> we were able to punch out a new <coughs> nano sim. Jeff will get back to to normal after Homeo about ten stasis. minutes, and he'll be fine. You are evil. <laughs> Guess what you're getting for Christmas? <laughs> Just cat five dot tv slash sim. <laughs> and if you do it just like that, your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, boyfriend, your friend, whatever can react like that. <laughs> and then you just be like, magic. Yeah. So you can convert a sim to a micro sim to a nano sim and now all of a sudden your sim is compatible with any phone. Doesn't That's matter right. what it is. You don't have to bow to the network to order a new sim or get them to port things over. It's just one card and it works in every device thanks to that little hole punch that I can now reuse. So if anyone needs to use that, hey, its work is done here. Do I do I like look white cuz I feel like I'm yeah. just like oh, yeah. flushed. I, there's so no white. blood pumping through my face right now. <laughs> That's funny. It works ladies and gentlemen, oh. cat5.tv/sim. Yes. Pulled it off. All right. So we're going to jump over to the newsroom, Sasha, if you're ready for it. I am. All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.tv newsroom. An open source bug poses a danger, a dangerous threat to sites running on Joomla, Drupal, or Typo 3. 
A zero-day exploit in WhatsApp has been used in targeted spyware attacks. Surprise! Microsoft has sent out free remote desktop security patches for antiquated systems from Windows XP up to Server 2008 in an effort to prevent a possible WannaCry-like attack. San Francisco is the first U.S. city to ban facial recognition. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. Jeff Weston, yeah, man. you're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. An open source bug poses a dangerous threat to sites running Joomla, Drupal, or Typo3. Developers and security researchers are warning that websites running the Drupal, Joomla, or Typo3 content management systems are vulnerable to attacks that could possibly execute malicious code until administrators install just-released patches. The vulnerability resides in the Farstream wrap, a PHP component developed and open-sourced by CMS maker Typo3. The flaw stems from a path trans transversal bug that allows hackers to swap a site's legitimate FAR archive with a malicious one. A FAR archive is used to distribute a complete PHP application in a library or a single file in much the way a Java archive file bundles many Java files into a single file. Drupal developers rated the severity of the vulnerability affecting their CMS as moderately critical. That's well below the highly critical rating of a recent Drupal vulnerability and an earlier remote execution flaws that took the name Drupalgeddon. Still, the vulnerability represents enough of a risk that administrators should patch it as soon as possible. On Drupal, where the exploit was first detected, an attacker would have to have limited administrator privileges, such as those given to marketing people or graphic de de designers. Pardon me. However, some community modules might be vulnerable because of this flaw in the Drupal core. Joomla developers, meanwhile, issued their own advisory that rated the severity as low. Typo 3 developers didn't provide a severity rating for their own CMS. Drupal users should update to the latest point release right away. Patches have been issued for versions 7, 8.6, and 8.7. On Joomla, the flaw affects versions 3.9.3 through 3.9.5, and the fix is available in 3.9.6. Typo 3 CMS users should either upgrade to Farstream wrap, wrap versions V3.1.1 and V2.1.1 manually, or ensure composer dependencies are raised to those versions. 
Okay. okay. That was a mouthful. Yeah. It was. Like, Way I'm to just go. listening Thank to you, you talk. I'm like, that's like a Dr. Seuss book right there. And it's warm in here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, how many websites. Oh, it's not as freezing. What are you talking about? <laughs> how many websites run off Drupal and Joomla? Oh, yeah. Like, I right. feel like that's, those are the go to that people You may know. not even know. Well, uh, you know, WordPress is there too, yes. but it's not affected by this particular exploit. Yeah. But so if you're not familiar with Drupal, Joomla, or Typo3, you can think a la. WordPress, same mm-hmm. kind of idea. But you think about, okay, well, they have to have administrator access to some degree in order to exploit this. But what does that mean? Well, every customer who has ever called me and said, I want to be able to edit my phone number myself whenever it changes, they have access to doing that. Yep. Right. They don't always have the strongest of passwords, let alone the best of security-mindedness, mm-hmm. necessarily. So it's not just the super administrators who know their way around these platforms. It's mm-hmm. the people who are editing their website for them who may be a very lower level employee or even like a co-op student or something who has access to changing things on their website for them. But right. Not only that, it's very got, common. You have small business owners that typically will try and use an easy-to-use platform to create their own website. Yeah. And quite often they'll yeah. use something like Drupal throw the you know extensions in get this site up and then walk away like oh, i never have to update the content so i can just leave it sitting there and not paying attention to this stuff no. so for those that have uh, a drupal based joomla base uh, or the other one i'm blanking on what type it was type of three uh, type mm-hmm. of three site did they get an alert today they get something from their is this is your this alert is this is okay the official there you go. warning joomla alert if you're using joomla upgrade okay. something else Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised that they said it's not a severe vulnerability. I think it's funny that they have certain levels of severe. Yes. There's low severe, low critical. Like, this is a critical issue. It really is critical in that, as I say, like, a lot of companies have lower-level employees who have access to their their content. It should be safe or unsafe. At this point, unsafe. This is really... Switch it to safe. Like, let's just say it's critical up update and I, and I understand what you're saying but at the same time there's a difference between by the way anybody can do yeah. this on your site versus somebody needs to have some sort of admin access to make this happen so there's a couple more steps that have to be applied before sure. this exploit can be utilized so I can understand why they're saying it's not quite end of the world uh, you know issues like Drupal getting like Drupal getting but <laughs> definitely not something you want to have sitting around for too long and especially if you don't have secure passwords i mean how many people like oh my goodness there's so many sites they're all the same password i just add a number at the end come on hey now password one two three four but does that not make us complacent by believing by believing that this is critical but it's not that important it's not (laughs) that dangerous like let's just okay this is a, a really serious exploit that can allow code execution on my server Right. Yeah, we're Which, not saying this is a suggestion to fix. Get it fixed. Yeah, just update. Uh, let's just play it safe and just update your server, your your website for sure. Sounds sound fair? <laughs> a zero-day exploit in WhatsApp has been used in targeted spyware attacks. Oh. The vulnerability that allowed attackers to install spyware on victims' phones has been patched, but it's too late for many as attackers were able to inject spyware onto phones in targeted malware campaigns. The popular messaging app discovered in early May that attackers were installing surveillance software on iPhones and Android phones by using WhatsApp's call function. 
WhatsApp confirmed on Monday that the flaw, which has now been patched, is a buffer overflow vulnerability in WhatsApp's VoIP stack, which allows remote access execution via specifically specially crafted series of secure packets sent to a target phone number. Adam Brown, manager of security solutions at Synopsys, says, quote, victims of this attack include journalists and activists. Attackers are able to use the victim's phone as a room tap, look at or change information on the phone, and find the victim's location, among other things, end quote. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook and is used by 1.5 billion people globally. The messaging platform touts itself as a secure end-to-end -end encryption app for communication. Security experts are urging WhatsApp users to update their apps as soon as possible. Yikes. Secure, right? Eh? WhatsApp is supposed to be that secure go-to. And yeah. you mentioned your, your, your source is said that this is used by and is being exploited uh, um, it, it, people are being exploited that are like journalists and Correct. activists. And, right. and you think about journalists in dangerous scenarios. They're going to use mm -hmm. what uh, what is known to be a secure app mm -hmm. in order to do their communications. So, well, What they didn't say is how do you identify if you have been compromised with a spyware? Yeah. Yeah. They, they Can you? It's already too late for people. Right. So just, oh, I guess, assume you have been, especially if you're in a situation. Sure. Like, but then how can do you, you know? Like at least with my, my phone, yeah. I have, I have some monitoring software from ESET. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping that that would catch it. Um, but I mean, if not everybody thinks to protect their phone again, though, so like ESET Mobile Security will warn you if an app is trying to gain access that you have not authorized. However, the problem is, is that something like WhatsApp, if you use it for c encrypted phone calls, which I have not. But if you do, which a journalist would, right? Th what are they going to do when ESET says it, that, hey, this app that you're using, WhatsApp, is using your microphone? Allow. Yes. Right? So now that app is allowed. Right. So if that app is exploited, even with anti-malware, even with some form of protection, and even being a smart user you have no control over the fact that, hey, yeah, you authorized the microphone to be used, and now it's actually a wiretap. So if you suspect that you are one of the people who are affected, if you uninstall the app and do a factory reset of your phone, would mm. that get rid of the spyware? No, you'd lose everything. Yeah, yeah. you would lose everything. Uh, but you, you almost hope that just updating the software, like the version of WhatsApp to the latest, because they've patched it. They've Facebook has fixed it. Right. But it's those versions that are susceptible that have received the packet and been exploited right whether it's retroactive or not maybe that's something for you to inquire to investigate. about yeah. if you have whatsapp and use it get into the community and and find out i don't have the answer to that sasha and that's an ominous thought like even if you update does that fix it we're right. not we're not you're right we're does not it, hearing that right yeah. does it protect you for future yes but does it fix what's happened in the past yeah if you've already been exploited maybe. Is it retroactive and fixes it, or are yeah. you exploited and permanently exploited? That's the question. Bum, bum, bum. But it just goes to show that even an app that you think is safe, mm -hmm. because that's what WhatsApp has promoted itself as. That's, yeah, it's true. Yep. And you, yeah, you, authentic, you authorize it to use certain aspects of your phone, and then it's exploited, and guess what? You've given access to those malicious parties. Yep, yep. Scary stuff. 
Surprise! Microsoft has sent out free remote desktop security patches for antiquated systems from Windows XP to Server 2008 in an effort to prevent a possible WannaCry-like attack. It's that time of the month again, and Microsoft has released a bumper bundle of security fixes for Patch Tuesday. But this time, they've done something outside the norm by including patches for out-of-support operating systems such as Windows XP and Server 2003. Usually support for such aging operating systems costs big bucks for companies who want to keep running it, but Microsoft has released a freebie because of the serious nature of a critical flaw in remote desktop services or terminal services as it was. The vulnerability allows remote code execution with no user involvement or any authentication required, making it a gift to anyone wanting to spread malware. Basically, find one of the countless vulnerable Windows boxes facing the internet or on a network and send a carefully crafted packet to its remote desktop service, if running, to start executing malicious code on the machine. <laughs> From there, other computers can be found by scanning IP ranges and then you've got a proper old school worm on your hands. A Microsoft advisory states that because the vulnerability can be wormable, any future malware that exploits it could propagate from vulnerable computer to vulnerable computer in a similar way as the WannaCry malware spread across the globe in 2017 using the internal, eternal blue NSA exploit. Microsoft warns that it is highly likely malicious actors will write an exploit for this vulnerability and incorporate it into their malware. It's important that affected systems are patched as quickly as possible to prevent such a scenario from happening. It's a certainty that this will be exploited in the wild since it's a low-cost, highly effective way of quickly distributing ransomware and Trojans. Windows 8 and 10 are unaffected, but there's still a vast pool of older systems out there that could be hit if left unpatched, including Windows 7 and and XP. The affected operating system builds include Windows 7, Windows Server 2008, R2, Windows Server 2008, Windows Server 2003, and Windows XP. Wow. That's a lot. I didn't yeah. think Microsoft was still servicing those versions. Well, they are only to companies that are paying for extended exactly. support. Yes. Right. But, but now they're going. They're they're saying, okay, this is so serious that we have to patch this. Do you yes. think this is one of those things where it could, you know, they could have said, oh, we won't worry about it. But the PR nightmare that could could come from it, they're like, let's just roll this out for everybody. I don't even know. Is it fully a PR thing or is it like? Well, I mean, if there was another serious. WannaCry type thing, do they have a system? heart? <laughs> like because like I think about Windows XP. Who's still running Windows XP? It's going to be hospitals, and it's going to be like places like that that have not got the budget to finally get onto current hardware. Governments typically you, are very behind. Absolutely. So we you, know that. Yeah. So, but a hospital, for, as the example, which has been hit in the UK by WannaCry, mm -hmm. and that affects lives and dangers lives. Yeah. Now, what happens if all these machines? Which, you know, maybe they're old, like, uh, heart monitors and, and who knows what else. Mm -hmm. And what if they're impacted by that? Mm. So, you know, it's just got to be, it's just got to be patched. I mean, we, should, we know we shouldn't be running Windows XP. We yeah. probably shouldn't be win running Windows 7 at this point. Do keep in mind, if you have Windows 7 installed on any of your machines, end of life is January. So, you know, we're, we're very fast approaching that end of life. Mm -hmm. It's smart that they do this because it protects everybody, you know, from the 
the spread, right? Because yeah. it's it's not just going to affect the older versions. It would, I guess, self-propagate. Or- well, you're right that if, let's say we've got that one Windows XP machine in the back room mm-hmm. and we think, oh, well, nobody uses that. So, you know, just don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And never think twice about it, but that's the one that's going to be exploited. Right. And guess what? It's on the same LAN. It's on the same network as your best computers. Right. And in a hospital environment, all of your hospital computers, all of your, all of your point of sales in a store, all of everything that you have is connected to that same network. Yep. And right. The, in the chat room, Alpac just mentioned that uh, you know a lot of ATMs. Absolutely. I mean, I remember you covering still that see in a it. New story. Yeah. So. Right. Anytime there's a blue screen of death in an ATM, I laugh because it's still Windows XP. <laughs> uh, airports. Airports yes. are still using XP on some of their system. I mean, not, not the best modern airports, but not every airport is the best. You know, they're not all Pearson International. Right. You know, so these are, you know, they've put in there hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of computer hardware that still works. So why should we change that? Mm-hmm. Why should we put hundreds of thousands of dollars more into it when it's still working? Yep. And, and, and there's no budget for that in a lot of cases, not necessarily with an airport, but I'm just giving examples where, you know, we end up with older hardware, or older software, and exactly. we're susceptible. Still, so. got to get it fixed. It's true. It's good yes. that Microsoft is actually stepping up and, and doing that because... Mm-hmm it really could lead to disaster. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think it's important to note, because this is a a remote desktop exploit, Mm -hmm. I just want to say that remote desktop in and of itself is not a safe thing to have turned on on your computer. Correct. Anyways. Right. Turn it off. Don't ever turn it on. And the reason I say that, there are tools that allow you to remote into your computers that are safe, that if somebody tries to attack it, will block them. Mm-hmm. Remote desktop, on the other hand, is a service on your computer that, when turned on, allow you to connect to your computer from home. However, there's no security. That's right. If your password is anything, and your password could easily be guessed by a, a bot yeah. on, on your computer. So think about this for a second. They're, they're going to connect. They, they find them through the Internet. They find computers that have RDP running, and they start guessing at the password, guessing at the password. You never know. You mm-hmm. would never know that they're trying to guess at your password. And come 2 o'clock in the morning when they finally gain access to your computer and you're at home in bed, they can wreak all kind of, kinds of havoc because guess what? Your computer also has access to the server on, the, on your network and everything else. So now your network is completely compromised. And people say, well, how did I get ransomware? I've got antivirus. Because you also had RDP enabled. And you've allowed an actual party to hack into, using a bot, your computer. And then a real person got in, because the bot now notifies them and says, here's the password to get into this IP address. Either they have exploited your network or they've taken your network, they've analyzed it, figured out what kind of assets you have, and then they've sold that to a third party in order to compromise your network. Turn off remote desktop, okay? Wow. (laughs) Just turn it off. Yeah. San Francisco is the first U.S. city to ban facial recognition. The emerging emerging technology will not be allowed to be used by local agencies such as the city's transport authority or law enforcement. 
Additionally, any plans to buy any kind of new surveillance technology must now be approved by city administrators. Opponents of the measure said that it will put people's safety at risk and hinder efforts to fight crime. Those in favor of the move said that technology as it exists today is unreliable and represented an unnecessary infringement on people's privacy and liberty. In particular, opponents argued that the systems are error-prone, particularly when dealing with women or people with darker skin. Matt Cagle from the American Civil Liberties Union in Northern California says that by banning facial recognition, San Francisco has declared that the technology is incompatible with a healthy democracy and that residents deserve a voice in decisions about how high-tech surveillance about high-tech surveillance. The vote was passed by San Francisco's supervisors 8 to 1 with two absentees. The measure is expected to be officially passed into law after a second vote next week. Okay. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting how the technology has risen up and, hey, this is the time that we live in, right? We're right. It, it makes me wonder, though, like, I don't know if they have a casino at you know, in the city, but a lot of casinos use facial recognition software to pick out their frequent problem clients that are okay. banned and stuff like that. Neat. It makes me wonder how that would impact businesses if it that are utilizing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why some opponents to the law have called for them to, instead of banning it outright, to be uh, to allow certain industries to allow it, for example. Right. right. But they've clamped down on it and said no. Yeah. Not at all. It, it, it'd be interesting to know, I feel like I've just said that twice, um, but if somebody, like, if you use facial recognition, mm-hmm. if you had to post it, you know, it's one thing to say, right. oh, like, you know, this place is monitored by, you know, closed caption recording, but if it said this mm. building uses facial recognition We software, use AI. It'd be interesting to see how that impacted things instead of saying, oh, we're not banning it, but you have to signify facial recognition is used. If people would go, ooh, okay. I wonder if they would reconsider if it weren't so, I guess, unreliable. Because it's un- That's it it. unreliable. We heard in the news recently yeah. about a young man who was arrested because of facial recognition. Right. We don't know, was his claim that he was innocent true or false? Right. But what if? It raises a very big what if. Mm-hmm. What if the facial recognition was incorrect? Mm-hmm. What if you walked into a place, did your shopping, and then paid and left and went home and then saw your face on the news because facial recognition said that you stole something, stole something from that store? Well, I mean, any retail outlet builds shrinkage into their business model because you know you're going to have no, 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 no. I know. That no, aside, but, though. No, but t- so you take that aspect and go, what if businesses all over the place had you know, facial recognition built into their software so it would automatically create a police report and the fallout from this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then to see, you know, if that was in place and, and then with this ban on facial recognition, how would it change the game? Like, there's so many variables to it. Like, where could it have gone yeah. to change industry standards versus where is it limited now? That almost makes me think, what if they created a controlled environment mm-hmm. and allowed the the AI to go wild. Right. And and to believe if it has any form of consciousness, to believe that it has the authority to decide who's guilty and who's innocent. Ooh. And in this controlled environment, 
where we know who's guilty and who's innocent because it's all a Truman show. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. What if what if we then look at those reports and say, okay, well that that AI says that Sasha stole a stereo system, right? And we know she didn't. Right. But that's the thing. Like what if somebody looks like you and the AI says that's or what you. If, what if I did steal it and then I went home and got some Botox? Or anything right? like right? that. And then all of a sudden my face doesn't match the face that stole it. And if the AI, as we've learned, uh-huh. has problems with racial discrimination, yeah. yeah. How, how, like, where does it, how, this is yeah. a big problem because it, now, okay, well, now who's safe? So like, we already deal with racial issues with, with, you know, guilty before proven innocent. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's so like, is this decision premature to all out ban it or is it more a fear-based decision or like or is it it's not ready yet it's we not, are not yeah, going to, to allow it things. let's hmm. see how it evolves over the next little while right i mean it's going to be used to other this. places san francisco can just watch those other places yeah. and see when they're ready to jump in right i sure. like it set up the controlled environment <laughs> let's see if sasha is a mastermind criminal i believe she is uh-uh. See, now that I've said that, the AI thinks you are. Probably. See, because I, I'm probably going to get arrested. The things I say are always true. Maybe that's going to show up in your I never make a mistake. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, okay, I want to take a really quick look at CoinGecko. And if you were watching the show last week, you know that we mentioned that the entire market of cryptocurrency is extremely volatile. Yes. You never know from week to week what is going to happen. Last week wasn't really good for Bitcoin. No, you know what? Last week was just kind of... Everything for the past few weeks has just been kind of hovering. Bitcoin was up like 500 bucks. Dude, you have no idea. Because last week hmm. it was just kind of hovering right there. Okay. And then this week... So here we are seven days later. So you might be thinking four days later. Right. But here we are seven days later. Cryptocurrency is going crazy. So anyone who bought last week, one week ago... If you bought one Bitcoin, you gained 2,226 Whoa. U.S. dollars. Good for you. Wow. I'm talking a jump from last week's $5,916.21 U.S. to this week, a Bitcoin being worth $8,142.36 U.S. Litecoin also gaining uh, quite significantly from $74.31 last week to $101.59 this week. Ethereum, if you're investing or mining Ethereum, uh, we also jumped up, uh, gaining $71.70, which doesn't sound like a lot of money. But, I mean, this is per coin, and this is a coin that last week was only $170. Yeah. So to gain $71. That's almost doubling. It's an incredible gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monero at sixty six forty eight last week gained twenty five ninety eight this week, wow. and within the past seven days is now up at ninety two dollars and forty six cents. Now our little guys, Torque, aka PKA Stellite, is uh, is gaining ever so slightly. <laughs> the little guys, so cute. 
1.63 ten thousandths of a cent, gaining 0. 0.44 ten thousandths of a cent. And turtle coin also up at 1.44 ten thousandths of a cent. Do remember, I mean, even though we're looking at these numbers this week and going, wow, I wish I bought a Bitcoin last week, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the entire cryptocurrency market is always open. Yeah. So it could change overnight. I mean, it could change at 1 a.m. and then again at 1.30 a.m. That's right. And you never know what's going to happen next. It's extremely volatile. You never really know what's happening. And there are too many factors as far as what's driving it right now. It has not stabilized. So uh, if you decide to invest or mine, make sure you are extremely careful. And my suggestion is just don't invest anything that you aren't willing to lose. Solid advice. I like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Don't forget to check out our website, Category5.tv. So great to have you here again with us this week. And I want to say thank you to everyone who has pitched in. Now, there are a couple of different ways that you can pitch in. I mean, there's just going to our website, visiting our partner section, and doing your shopping through our links. I mean, if you're going to shop on Amazon anyways, if you're going to shop on eBay or ThinkGeek or any of our partners, Newegg, um, you can do that through our website, and it doesn't cost you anything. But it supports Category 5 TV. And for those of you who have decided to do that, we thank you. Also, um, if you are a patron and to become a patron, you just simply go to patreon.com slash category five. And that's a cool way to support us. Mm-hmm. And there are perks. You can get access to uh, like behind the scenes videos and other things that are not available anywhere else. And uh, that's just by donating as little as a dollar a month. And it helps us to pay the bills, helps us to keep on top of our month to month. And for those of you who have have decided to throw a little something extra in the tip jar. We thank you as well. Um, This has been uh, a very expensive time for Category 5 TV. Um, Essentially, we've got a server that is on its way out We've been very, very fortunate that it has held on for dear life, (laughs) but it's every week getting a little worse and a little worse, and we know that it's all of a sudden going to say, you know what, I'm not even going to turn on anymore because I'm done. And uh, we've got pretty much all the parts on order. They're not all here yet, but I've got shipment confirmations on pretty much everything that we need. There are a couple of other components that we're still looking for, and your contributions are helping us to be able to put that together. And when we get all the parts in stock, we're going to be building that here on the show, and it's going to be a lot of fun (laughs) for all of us. So you can visit our tip jar at donate.category5.tv to pitch in for that. Or just to show your support for Category 5, which is free, family-friendly broadcasting. But that's all the time that we have this week. I want to remind you, we are on Twitter, at Category 5 TV. As I've mentioned earlier in the show, I am on Twitter, at Robbie Ferguson, and I do follow back. So keep that in mind if you want to give me a follow. Uh, On YouTube, we're Category 5 TV, or you can go to linuxtechshow.com, which is just edited down clips of Category 5. So if you don't want to watch the full one hour, you can just watch the little 10-minute snippets here and there uh, that are focused 
focused on the actual features of the show, and that is linuxtechshow.com. Uh, we're on Plex, Cody, every kind of player that you can find. We're uh, we're finding we're getting news that we're on Spotify and iTunes and everything else oh. uh, from viewers that are listening and watching we're all over the world. We're pretty much everywhere. We, we are kind of everywhere. So you can find us, do a search. If you're not seeing us on your platform, just let us know, and we will uh, we'll reach out to those platforms and see what we need to do in order to get us on there. Uh, and in the meantime, everything comes together on our website, Category5.tv. That's where you can go to find more content just like this show. Uh, so we'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Bye. Bye.